G'day, it's Phil Edwards, Vision CEO here, with a quick invitation to become part of this amazing beacon of hope called Vision. Together we can put our love into action to help people of all kinds build or rebuild their lives on the truth of God. Please consider the part you can play during our upcoming Visionathon appeal, remembering that it's your support that makes Vision possible, including this podcast. Life, Culture and Current Events from a Biblical Perspective, 2020 on Vision. Turning our attention to some of the challenges that seem to be confronting us now as the church is under more pressure than ever when it comes to ways that the state puts pressure on Christianity. Well, let's talk today about Jesus and the way he dealt with the power struggles in the first century. Now, that's perhaps a different cultural time to our present, but there may be some things we can glean. Bill Muhlenberg from Culture Watch is back with us, been thinking through these issues. Bill Muhlenberg, welcome back to 2020. It's great to be back. Bill, it's not often you get to have a conversation about Jesus and his attitude to the power of the Roman Empire, and uh, perhaps this is a good way to talk about Jesus and the way he dealt with those powers that were opposite to the kingdom of God. Uh, This is something that's taken you uh, on a bit of a journey this past week. Yeah, I've been writing a fair amount about such matters lately, including a piece on Jesus and how he indeed spoke truth to power, had a very much of a, you know, maybe not intended, but very much of a political message. I mean, how could it not be? Here is this guy coming along uh, out of nowhere, seemingly, saying, uh, you know, I'm uh, from God, I'm speaking God's truth, uh, I'm an object of worship, uh, you can uh, look at me as Lord and Savior. Well, that's a pretty wild claim to make, but especially when you have a guy like Caesar, right, basically the same, the same thing, uh, you know, worship me as Lord. Uh, so uh, to simply make truth claims that Christ did was certainly not a bunch of religious truth claims. They were, but they also had very real political bearings as well. And that's probably he got as much trouble for uh, the political implications of his message as the religious implications. Of course, the Roman Empire, being such a brutal power structure, didn't tolerate any form of dissension. And here we have Jesus landing in the middle of all of that. And uh, no doubt that would be one reason why we don't hear of a lot of rah-rah power versus power here, because Jesus had his own mission. Uh, What are your thoughts about the mission of Jesus, first century, brutal Roman culture, and Jesus navigating his way through that. Yeah, well, most Christians do, uh, in many ways, rightly, look at his mission as one of, you know, salvation and all that, uh, deliverance from sin, dying on the cross, getting us right with God. Obviously, that was his mission. Uh, But we sometimes, again, forget, as you've mentioned, the very real social and political ramifications of all this. Um, it couldn't help but have implications for the rest of society. Again, this idea that here's a guy coming along claiming to be Lord, uh, much to the chagrin of the Roman leaders, 
you know, they were, well, they were a clever bunch in some ways. Uh, you know, they certainly didn't allow counterfeit lords in their eyes to take place, but they were good at kind of keeping the masses happy. So, uh, we, well, you might know of the Pantheon, which, uh, of course, is great structure in Rome, uh, simply from the easy uh, understanding of the Greek, right? All gods. Um, that's, it was simply a big, large temple devoted to all the different gods. So whenever the Romans would go around conquering some people uh, and dragging them back as slaves or whatever, they didn't just destroy or wipe out their religions and gods. What they did is simply added those gods to the pantheon with all the other gods. Right. The point being, you're quite welcome to worship all the gods you like. You can have as many or as few gods. That's not a biggie. Just, you know, be willing to acknowledge that at the end of the day, Caesar is Lord and offer him his bit of worship and incense. If you can do that, if you're happy to, you know, give due devotion to Caesar, well, you can have all the gods you want. So they were pretty clever in that respect. And most people were quite happy to go along. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, it's uh, we have the same climate today, this kind of pluralistic climate where many gods, many beliefs, they're all equal, they're all the same, none is better than the other. Well, that's fine for most people and most religions, but it certainly wasn't fine for Jesus and the early Christians to be uh, proclaiming that Jesus is Lord, he is king, was a direct threat to the lordship and kingship of Caesar. So that's exactly why they got into so many uh, problems, into so much trouble, because it was a political challenge to the leaders of the day. The kingdom was coming, and Jesus, though, wasn't leading a violent rebellion. There's this thought then that comes to say, well, how did Jesus resist those powers of the first century? What have you identified from Scripture, Bill? Yeah, well, we actually have a lot of these power encounters. Of course, as I do also say in that recent article of mine, we have to be careful when looking to Jesus as a template or a paradigm. On the one hand, his mission was 100% unique, right? He did something none of us ever will do. He went to the cross to die for our sins, to save us from our sins. Uh, none of us do that or can do that. But on the other hand, of course, his life is an example. When he stood against Caesar, when he stood against the powers, uh, when he stood against authorities, whether they were religious authorities of the day or the Roman authorities of the day, uh, we can get a bit of uh, perhaps examples for us as to how we might proceed. And I suppose the most obvious uh, hardcore case of resistance of uh, various we could talk about would be the cleansing of the temple. This was a real physical action, certainly against the religious leadership of the day, uh, flipping over tables, even deliberately forming a whip to use. Uh, that's pretty hardcore. So that was a challenge, at least to the religious authorities. And uh, uh, you have it as well as he stood against uh, Pontius Pilate, Caiaphas, uh, you know, he, well, first of all, he often wouldn't even answer, all right? So in that sense, you could say he was being disrespectful or at least resisting 
by refusing to answer. So he did have times where he opposed the political leaders. And then he would even take them further. Uh, you know, when Pontius Pilate would talk about, don't you know I have all this power and authority to do such and such to you? Of course, Jesus said you wouldn't have any authority at all if it weren't that God gave it to you. So he put them in their place straight away. You only have delegated authority. You can only do that which God allows you to do. And anything beyond that, uh, you're asking for trouble. So we see, of course, the book of Acts, you get more of the same. Peter telling the leaders of the day, we must be God rather than man. So, yeah, you see the church, early church, you see Jesus all having these encounters with the authorities of the day. So we don't see a militant, angry Jesus. That's certainly not the image that you receive when you read the Gospels. But you do see someone who is defiant and is purposeful in resistance, even resisting the idea and avoiding arrest when his fate was likely to be that he would be killed. So this idea of being clever about how you actually conduct yourself and navigate the way forwards, even to the point of avoiding arrest. Yeah, well, again, both Jesus and the disciples, they both did that. Uh, They didn't just act as a doormat, you know, passively sitting by, taking whatever the state or the authorities threw at them. Uh, As we read in John, when the plot to kill Jesus really became known, it says Jesus no longer traveled amongst the Jews in that area. You know, he he was on a mission. He had a job to do. He was smart. He knew, all right, they're out to get me, so I'm going to move somewhere else. Uh, You get the same in Acts, uh, right? When Saul was just converted, they wanted to kill him as well. So what did they do? They let him down the side of a wall uh, in a basket to flee and to go on preaching the gospel. So, yeah, we always need uh, wisdom and balance here. Uh, One of, or at least one, if not more, of the 12 that Jesus called was a zealot. That is somebody who is really keen on actual armed rebellion against the Roman government. Uh, And then he also had people part of the system, tax collectors. So uh, very interesting. You can get such a motley crew of people together, so very differed and yet became his followers, so he didn't play the zealot card. He didn't call for armed rebellion against the Roman government, but he made it clear that there were at least two clear, distinct uh, systems. You know, when he did the coin and all the rest, give to Caesar what is Caesar's, give to God what is God's. Uh, He knew there were different spheres of authority, And again, the state should not be encroaching upon or overstepping its bounds. So, yeah, Jesus had a mission. He uh, certainly spoke truth to power and had some political confrontations. And I guess part of the point of my piece is, you know, how can it be any less for Christians today? We as well will have to, as we speak biblical truth, find ourselves, well, sometimes knocking heads with the uh, state, with the government of the day, with some of its laws and policies. So we need to think a bit more about how Jesus was not just a great religious uh, teacher, certainly not just a wonderful great savior, but he also had some real political implications for his message. 
We're often resistant to talking about the political implications of Jesus, but as you've just described, uh, the political implications when it comes to the state authority and even then to those who were leading the temple. There's politics in their left, right and centre bill. I wonder if we were bringing this into our current setting and what we might glean from understanding Jesus' resistance to that authority because we have this same thing that happens now when there is a political situation develops, one side wants to silence, cancel and even eliminate the other side. Uh, This was what was in play in the first century too. Any thoughts for what we can glean from that today? Yeah, well, we certainly over this past uh, 15 months been looking at the very real implications of all this, obviously, with the COVID situation, the lockdowns, as we've said often now, you know, plenty of governments are quite happy to keep things like pubs open and, you know, bunnings open and sporting events open, even brothels open during the lockdowns, but they have uh, either complete uh, lockdown of churches or very, very restrictive and onerous requirements Uh, as to whether they can open and who can be there and so on. So there's been, A, this kind of double standard about allowing some things that usually bring in money to the government, Uh, but B, uh, for what we've already mentioned, uh, you know, what is the political implication of our gospel if we're allowing the state to shut down churches for who knows how long and radically restrict uh, Christian worship, um, well, that's part of what we call freedom of religion. Uh, that's always been a big part of uh, well, not just Christian history. Go back to, say, Moses and Pharaoh, right? Let my people go so they can go out and worship their God. So in a sense, we have our own pharaohs today preventing God's people from worshiping. And as we've also discussed, we've seen some, well, even here in Victoria, some pastors who, because they dared to open their churches, believing this was God's will to do, uh, they are either now languishing in prison or getting into real uh, trouble with the authorities. So that's a political implication of taking your faith seriously. There are political implications, and Bill, always appreciate your insights. Listeners might like to check out some of the latest articles you've been writing. The one we've been talking about today is entitled Jesus, the Authorities and Resistance. You'll be able to find it at BillMuhlenberg.com. And you can simply Google Culture Watch, one word. And uh, just a note, you can't find Bill on Facebook because he's been cancelled on Facebook. And uh, we'll be talking some more about that, no doubt, into the times to come. Bill Muhlenberg, thanks so much for sharing your thoughts with us once again today on 2020. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thanks for taking time to listen to this audio on demand from Vision Christian Media. To find out more about us, go to vision.org.au.